I wanted to reflect on two conversations, well, really one, with a friend about what he would do if he found out his nephew was going to be taught by a drag queen and his nursery school for the reading hour. What would you be willing to do? And he got pretty roused up about it, about what he would do if, he, if that was happening to his nephew. And I was under the impression he was willing to become violent to go in there and stop it. And if he went to jail, so be it. And that was admirable of him, wasn't it? And I thought, well, that's what African-Americans did. After all, if I came in your town and your restaurant told me to come through the back door, while I stood on your corner and the bus driver told me to wait and let the white people get on first and me to get in the back, what would you do to stop it? Rosa Parks, Ralph Abernathy, Reverend Martin Luther King Jr., many, 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 many more. What would you do about it? Would you walk down the street hand in hand with your pastor, your grandmother, your aunts, or your uncles, while America's police officers, sick German shepherds on you? Sounds like Nazi Germany to me, doesn't it? Yet it happened here. And that was only a few years ago in the 60s. What would you do about it? Would you let your pastor and your grandmother go to jail and your father and your grandfather get their head busted just because they are marching for the right to vote? The right to walk through the front of a diner, a restaurant? And yesterday, a friend of mine took me to lunch. And apparently there's no hat policy. Seems like they like to enforce that on black people. I could barely get through the door because of the rain, which I had my hat on to protect me from the rain. And the white girl demanded I take it off. Didn't even have a conversation with me. I was looking for where my friend was seated. And then I watched as a white man came through the door with his hat on. And he had a nasty hat on, not even a nice one. She ignored him, never said one word, stood there for 10 minutes, walked right through the restaurant with his hat on, and they ignored him. They did the same thing at the company I worked at for 26 years, racist. The white people could get away with any and everything. They could walk in there with any outfit and any uniform. But I was the one constantly barraged by the president of the company for anything that I wore, particularly if it had any kind of reference to something religious. This is what goes on in the real world where you live. But what are you willing to fight for? Did anybody come to my defense? Not one. Not one. There was a man on an airplane screaming 
threatening to kill everybody. And all the men around him did nothing. Just sat there and did nothing. What are you willing to fight for and who are you willing to defend? You're going to have to fight, either for the right or the wrong. You're going to have to stand up, against or for. Our boys stormed Normandy to defeat the Nazis. The Nazis did blitzkrieg across Europe to defeat law-abiding citizens that they didn't like. The color of their skin, like America, not so much, but that they were Jewish. Didn't fit the bill. And what did we do to stop it? We risked our own blood and lives to stop it. There were some that joined the civil rights movement, not a lot, with the black people to stop it. But others that didn't want to get their hands dirty stood off in the side and said, well, I'll, well, if they win, I'll join their side. Until then, I'm just going to step aside. I'll wait until the battle and the smoke is cleared and I'll go with it whichever side wins. Because you stand for nothing and you're not willing to risk anything. You'll watch someone mistreated and you'll keep your mouth closed. You won't stand up and fight and risk going to jail for something righteous to protect the indoctrination of your nephew or fellow black American treated wrongly? Do you stand up? Do you speak up? There was a episode on Andy Griffith where they were doing some sort of charity auction. And Andy asked the teacher, well, what did, what did Opie give? That's, Andy, the sheriff of Mayberry's son. And she goes, well, I hate to tell you, sheriff, everybody gave a, well, some gave a dollar. Some gave almost two dollars. Opie gave three cents. And he was embarrassed because he's the sheriff of the town. What do you mean Opie gave three cents? Well, he gave three cents. Even the poor kid gave five cents. But Opie gave three, three cents. He goes, well, I, I'm going to. And he started barraging his son. Try to tell his son what we're supposed to do for people that are in need. If you have something, sacrifice it. And, and, and Opie was trying to explain, well, I gave him three cents, Pa. Well, Opie, three cents. Well, Opie, you got to consider people. Well, no, Pa. Well, Opie, I know you've got a piggy bank. I know you've got something in the piggy bank. Almost $2. And out of $2, you gave her three cents. Yes, Pa. Why? I'm saving it, Pa. For what? Well, for something, Pa. For who? For Charlotte. My girlfriend, your little girlfriend, Charlotte. Oh, Opie, what are you doing? There's people in this world that have needs. I know, and I'm saving to buy my girlfriend, Charlotte. And he goes, when we get home, we're going to talk more about this. And he was ashamed, embarrassed. Well, I'm the sheriff of the town. How does it look, my son, giving three cents for the charity auction? He gets home and he goes at it again. Start talking to Opie about what he's giving. Opie says, no, Pa, I'm saving it for Charlotte. And he goes, well, that's it. You march right upstairs and go to your room. There'll be no supper for you.
kind of son have I raised? And Aunt B's listening to it. And she's thinking, well, what kind of boy have I raised? You're going to throw your son? You know he's a good boy. You know he has a good heart. And just because he doesn't want to bust his piggy bank for the charity auction. And she goes, you're just embarrassed about your own name, what they're going to say about you. She goes, well, how righteous is that? You're worrying about what they're going to say about you. You don't really care about the charity auction, do you? You're worrying about what they're going to say about you. And you're willing to rob him of his supper because of it. So she puts conviction in his heart. He's a good man. See, good men receive it when you rebuke them. And he repented and yelled for his son to come back downstairs. And his son says, oh, you like me now, Paul? You like me again? Son doesn't understand it. Now you like me again? Well, well, I never. And he's, you know, he's stumbling over his words. And he comes to the table. He says, well, you know, it's okay. Oh, but you you just go ahead and do whatever you want to do with your money in the piggy bank. You know, it's just, and he goes, ah, it's all right, Opie. I, I, you know, he, he's confused. He doesn't know what to say to Opie because he's feeling a little convicted, but he still is unhappy about the three cents he gave to the charity and the money he's saving for his girlfriend's shop. And then Opie kind of says, yes, well, he goes, I'm going to buy her a coat. And then he says, what? What? A coat? Why are you going to buy Charlotte a coat? He goes, because she needs one, Pa, for next winter. Well, why? This, well, you see, Pa, her mother lost her job, doesn't have enough money. And I figured, well, I could save up enough money to buy Charlotte a coat. And you know, the sheriff felt even more convicted. Here he's beating his son up about mentally, about three cents he gave to a charity. And wouldn't give more that he had. See, that had already been set aside for a charity. Opie had already decided in his heart. And how generous was Opie? He's giving to both. He's not taking from the one that he had already committed to. So he gives a little to another one. Opie, the most generous of everyone in the charity auction. And his father really felt convicted. Here is Opie being berated for giving only three cents when he had given everything. And from that everything, the most precious thing, the one that he knew. I don't know that these people in charity auction, but I'm still going to give. But I do know someone who's in need personally. And I'm setting this aside, not for vacation, not to buy something fancy. This person's in need. And I've decided, and Opie wasn't bragging about it. And his father says, well, Opie, why didn't you just tell me that from the beginning? Because you didn't ask. You didn't ask. Quite generous, smart little boy. And he knew someone personally that had a relationship with him, that had a need. And that's where it starts. You know, there's an expression, charity begins at home. Opie was practicing charity begins at home. Who do you know personally? You're hearing about the African child in Africa and you're not even thinking about the one you know. 
You're hearing about the Ukrainians on the border. You're not thinking about what's on the border of your own country. Who do you know? And your family, in your neighborhood, in your life. You might have given it to the homeless man you don't know on the street, but who do you know? Opie. What a wonderful example. And he was willing to suffer and go upstairs when his father ordered him. Like my friend, was willing to go to jail to defend the indoctrination that's happening possibly to his nephew. What he would be willing to do to stop an injustice. Some man was, young man, was running down his neighborhood in a truck, 90 miles an hour. And that same friend got in his car, chased that guy down and confronted him and put the fear of God in him. And it's the fear of God that's needed. The people of God only wanted Moses to talk to them because they had a fear of God, but you lost your fear of God to do right about the people. You're greedy and you're stingy and you're selfish and you're loveless and you are lifeless because you do not obey God's mitzvahs. You do not follow his instructions and his codes. So you will let people suffer when you could help. You will let that black person be beat up when you could stop it. You will let those Germans go and destroy a whole nation of Jews when you could put an end to it. We could do more. What are you willing to fight for? Fight for something righteous or for someone righteous for something noble, something full of purpose, other than your girlfriend. That is, of course, or unless she needs a coat.
Stop. 